Hi, this is Eric Boyce, CEO and Chief Investment Officer for BK Wealth Consulting, and welcome to Market Minutes for February 14th of 2022. Well, first of all, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, it's something that uh, obviously we can celebrate amidst the market uh, turmoil that we've seen over the last month. I certainly do have a lot to talk about. Uh, there is volatility afoot in, in our investment markets for a lot of different reasons. Uh, obviously, inflation is very high on the list of things that's kind of driving the market a little bit nuts right now. Uh, and we also have the tensions with Russia and Ukraine, although, you know, long, from a longer lasting standpoint, the bigger issue would be if, uh, if there was some kind of an incursion in Taiwan by China. Uh, obviously, a lot of speculation heading into the weekend with regard to a pending invasion of sorts, a lot of rhetoric uh, going back and forth. Uh, against the backdrop of the inflation report, which we got last week. And so equity volatility, particularly intraday volatility, continues to run at, at its highest level since spring of 2020. Uh, and, uh, you know, at least with regard to earnings, you know, that's a positive uh, kind of a, a green shoot, if you will, because earnings are continuing to deliver on the upside and really for the seventh consecutive quarter, uh, and analysts continue to revise upward their 2022 and also 2023 full year earnings estimates. Uh, now, and expectations right now for 2022 are for uh, plus 7% year over year, and then for 2023, up 10% year over year. And uh, with regard to inflation, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. And there's actually a lot of cross currents there. So, uh, 10-year uh, topped 2% for the first time since July of 2019. Uh, Two-year uh, Treasury was up 32 basis points on the week uh, before the uh, Russia-Ukraine issue kind of perked its head towards the end of the week. And so uh, two-year actually uh, closed down uh, around uh, uh, 150. So uh, Obviously, uh, uh, the spread, uh, the term spread between the two and the 10 year is really, really tight right now. I think there's, you know, a lot of anxiety out there that maybe the Fed is going to raise uh, too fast, too soon. And so that's kind of dampening future expected uh, uh, interest rates uh, and inflation, you know, thinking that, you know, that ultimately that that will lead to a market downturn uh, or excuse me, economic downturn, which would then lead to some type of a market downturn. And so really the longer end of the treasury yield curve uh, is, is pricing in kind of a moderating growth picture. And so uh, the interesting thing is with the move in the two year, the market's doing, you know, in some, some respects, some of the Fed's job for it, uh, meaning that rates are moving higher ahead of these rate increases. So, you know, all the fun uh, is gonna start on that end uh, next month at the, at the first Fed rate meeting. And so we'll kind of, dig into that a little bit. Uh, first, uh, commodities, uh, oil prices were obviously impacted by the uh, Russia-Ukrainian situation, uh, ended at about $93 a barrel. Uh, so uh, we've got uh, different cross currents in the energy side. We've got, you know, maybe some progress in the Iranian nuclear talks. Uh, not sure how much of an impact that's going to have. Uh, inventories on crude are at their lowest level since 2018. Uh, and we've got really uh, tight markets in, in energy right now. Uh, and, and even in some of the other harder commodity areas, we're seeing kind of a, a, a relift of sorts in, in some of these areas. We've got uh, lumber prices 
up again. Uh, it's about $1,216 a thousand board feet. Uh, so, you know, there, there's still supply chain choke points and supply uh, shortages in a lot of areas. So, you know, let's kind of talk about in inflation. So, uh, accelerated again in January. So, uh, prices were up seven and a half percent year over year, and for the month, the prices were up six tenths of a percent. And if you exclude the kind of the volatile food and energy components, prices were up also six tenths of a percent with a monthly uh, on a monthly basis, and then on a year over year basis, up six percent. So, you know, we saw a lot of uh, breadth across the various sectors, and we'll talk about uh, goods versus service inflation here in a second. But you know, we had. Uh, food, auto prices, energy, uh, rents uh, were all kind of, you know, up up in tandem. And that's kind of, a, you know, in some respects, kind of a perfect uh, storm of upward price pressure uh, that might get a little worse before it gets better. Uh, but I do think it will get better. I think that's definitely the consensus. Uh, so and then inflation is also impacting confidence within households, too, right now. We've seen you know, the lowest readings in the University of Michigan consumer sentiment number uh, that we've seen since really 2011. So other observations, uh, you know, obviously inflation has broken out to 40 uh, year highs. Uh, and it's and this is not just a U.S. thing. So it, I showed you in charts of the week, you know, we had several other, uh, many other, uh, in fact, uh, developing countries that are raising rates right now. In fact, they're leading the rate tightening cycle. The U.S. is a laggard. I think it's widely accepted now that the Fed is behind the curve, and so that's leading to all of this speculation that they're, they're going to be very aggressive and, and maybe too aggressive. Um, but the I irony is that they're actually still uh, easing. They're still creating more liquidity in the market. They're actually still purchasing uh, uh, instruments on the uh, on the uh, open market and through primary dealers, meaning that they're still injecting liquidity in the market, even as they're uh, basically foreshadowing a, a first rate increase next month. So, uh, but it is not a U.S. phenomenon. Uh, 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 you've got uh, central banks all around the world that are already moving inflation. So I do think in, uh, inflation will peak at some point this spring and decline. But, you know, as I, th I think we've said before, you know, it probably settles in maybe three and a half percent this year. Again, above trend, uh, well above where it has been. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is on that liquidity point that the Fed is providing almost the same level of liquidity today as it was at the height of the pandemic, meaning that they're still, you know, making these purchases in the open market. And uh, right now they still have the, you know, they haven't raised interest rates yet. Uh, so very, very interesting. Um, but with the interest rates moving higher, uh, we've got, you know, negative yielding real uh, rates uh, or negative, I should say, excuse me, negative yielding sovereign debt overall uh, dropping like a rock with all these interest rates moving uh, up uh, around the world. So that's kind of an interesting development. Uh, the big news on Omicron is uh, this wave is really fading pretty quickly, almost as fast uh, as it arrived uh, in some respects. But, you know, so that, that I think leads me to think that you do get some offsets from uh, spending and tourism, you know, activity, hospitality, 
you know, I think the service sector could witness a kind of a resurgence, if you will. So, and I think that does help growth this year. And I think that does, in some respects, help to fuel the fire for these earnings estimates that are now calling for about 7% earnings growth year over year. Um, so, but we do know that the first quarter has started out uh, uh, on kind of a uh, kind of a choppy note. Obviously, we're about halfway into this quarter now. Uh, labor markets are really tight, and we do see wage gains, uh, and companies are really starting to kind of feel the pressure on all these collective changes. Uh, and some of these are going to be tight, like uh, like labor markets, uh, and and wages are going to be pretty sticky, but. Uh, also, another positive read-through, as we've seen in some of these charts of the week, um, uh, manufacturing uh, uh, purchasing manager indices really suggest uh, an improvement in supply chain issues, despite Omicron uh, early this year. And I think uh, that uh, it, it does continue to improve to some degree uh, throughout the year. And and also, uh, an interesting read-through is that state tax revenues are really high, are really increasing. Uh, and so I think this it really kind of flies in the face of, I think, what uh, – uh, and, and federal receipts are up too, by the way. So, you know, I think it really flies in the face of kind of all of this rhetoric about this Build Back Better bill, which I think is all but dead at this point. But uh, so uh, I do think uh, – that uh, that uh, again that there are elements that are positive here. Overall backdrop is reasonably uh, positive. If particularly in 2022, if we don't get a policy mistake, I think that's the re- that's the real question right now. Uh, but the evaluation spread between growth and value, as we've kind of shifted our portfolios much more to value. Uh, it does, I, I think the, the environment that's kind of setting up does leave growth stocks uh, a little bit uh, vulnerable, like year to date, uh, and particularly last week, growth was down about 2.6% and it's down about 12% for the year, whereas value is, was only down about a little less than half a percent last week, and it's down only about 2.3% uh, for the year, whereas the index as a whole is down about 7.2 percent uh, for the year. That's the S&P. Dow's down only about 4.3 and the NASDAQ uh, is really taking it hard. Uh, it's down about almost 12 percent. So, you know, of, of the sectors this year, you know, basically the energy is, is the one hitting the home run uh, for obvious reasons, tight supplies, higher prices, so on and so forth. And the, and the laggards, We've got real estate technology, of course, which has a huge weight. Uh, consumer discretionary and communication are the, are the big uh, losers uh, here to date. Um, you know, with regard real briefly on the uh, uh, potential invasion of Ukraine, uh, you know, I, I think that probably does set off a little bit of a flight to quality, a flight to lower risk assets. Uh, you know, I don't think that it has a material impact on the outlook, honestly. Um, you know, it, it's more of a sentiment thing. And I think uh, as uh, you've got a lot of uh, uh, people that are trying to kind of figure out uh, what's going on, uh, that that does, uh, you know, that does create a little bit of anxiety or adds to the anxiety, I guess. But 
Um, you know, markets overall are kind of just trying to figure out about how far and fast the Fed's going to have to go to fight inflation. And we know that they're going to do that. So interestingly, at the end of last year, the futures market in, in, in short-term rates was pricing in about three quarters of a percent in, of worth of rate hikes this year. Now they're pricing in literally double than that. Uh, so, you know, you can see how quickly things have kind of changed. So uh, the other thing, too, which I think warrants some attention with regard to inflation is we know how core prices are up 6% a year ago, but, you know, we've got money supply up more than 40% since the start of COVID. So there's, you know, this is why it's important for the Fed to finally get off their tush and get moving on this rate cycle. Uh, and I think it's extremely healthy for them to do it. I don't think anybody should be scared of it, but it does reflect change and people don't like a lot of change, especially since we haven't had rate increases for a while. But, you know, there's inflation in the pipeline and I think it's good to get out in front of it now because that gives us a much better chance of hitting kind of a softer landing, if you will. But uh, and anyway, I think the overall view is that, uh, you know, don't think higher short term rates, uh, you know, are going to lead to higher long term rates because, you know, those longer term expectations are really kind of anchored a little bit. But uh, again, I think the move in short term rates may even help the Fed out and maybe help to prevent them uh, from having to raise rates too much because, you know, basically the market's helping achieve a lot of that already. And I think when we look back on the year, one of the surprises that we may find is that, you know, with all of this expectation for rate increases that, you know, Fed may frankly not have to raise them as much as we think they are. Um, but uh, let's see. Yeah, let's see. Um, well, so, uh, yeah, and I think there's a lot of things that we can talk about for, for, um, for inflation. Uh, equity market valuations still kind of stretched and I think almost too high to kind of completely weather the rise in bond yields. Uh, and, and I do think that you know, volatility is out there. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me that kind of this, this back and forth between uh, you know, earnings, you know, stronger earnings, offset by value, higher valuations, it could lead to the market kind of trading a little bit sideways for a while until we get into this rate tightening cycle and the market kind of settles down and anxiety kind of subsides a bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, clearly, you know, from an economic standpoint, I think we are in for, you know, uh, economic growth that will be above trend this year. Uh, and that helps to provide the backdrop for earnings. So I, I do feel like there's some merit to the earnings estimates that are out there. But, you know, and inflation's going to peak and then it's going to fall. And so I think that allows the Fed maybe to raise rates a few times, but then hit, hit the pause button. So I think, you know, it'd be fair to assume that the Fed's going to raise rates and perhaps each of the first, you know, uh, four uh, meetings uh, uh, from March on, and then maybe take a pause before the midterm elections and then maybe come back in December. But it will obviously be data-driven. And so we'll just have to see if we do get this peak in inflation and inflation begins to roll over, then that might uh, provide some uh, 
you know, some op- clearly some opportunities for stocks to rebound and some of that volatility to subside. So that'll be an interesting development that we'll have to watch uh, really over the summer. So we've got several months to kind of wait for that. But um, so um, uh, let's see. We talked about inflation. Yeah. And uh, so and then the more volatility uh, in the in the equity markets. Uh, but um, so let's see, we we're talking about bonds. Uh, yeah, obviously moving up across the globe. Uh, the Fed right now, the market's pricing in a 94% chance that the Fed will raise rates by a half percentage point in Mar- March. Uh, and then there's a 35% chance of seven rate hikes by the end of the year. And again, I think the surprise that we might find is that maybe we don't get that. Um, and let's see. So, uh, you know, I don't want to belabor the point on inflation, but it really is what everyone wants to talk about right now. So, uh, you know, when you you look at it from the corporate sector, a survey of 133 CEOs of large U.S. companies, almost 75% of them uh, said that Fed rate increases were unlikely to immediately curb inflation. So they're a little bit skeptical. Right. So you got two arguments. You got to say, you know, the Fed's behind the curve and we got to get after this inflation thing. Uh, but, you know, I think there's a, 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 a certainly a groundswell of opinion out there that feels like maybe that's not going to be enough. And so this is this balancing act between moving too fast and moving too slow. Uh, but, you know, clearly we've got, you know, some, you know, pockets that are going to be really sticky. Like, I mean, food prices were up 7%. That's a, sharpest uh, rise since 1981. Used car prices uh, moderated a little bit, but they're still up 40% year over year. And new new car prices are, are flat. And we've seen increased in unit sales of cars, uh, but new car prices are still up 12.5% year over year. Now, shelter, uh, you know, owner's equivalent rent, which is about 40% of the consumer price index, uh, the core index, I should say, up 4.4%, again, much higher than what we've been used to. Uh, And vacancy is at its lowest rate since the 1980s. Energy costs are clearly up uh, over 27%. So, and and so what's really important here is that, uh, you know, service prices, services overall, if you take energy out, were up 4.1% year over year. And so it reflects this strong demand and disrupted supply, and even when goods uh, prices or price inflation subsides, I think you're still going to have inflation in services. And so, you know, that doesn't have anything. When you talk about services, that really doesn't have anything to do with supply chain issues or raw material costs. It's really just the cost of labor when you get right down to it. And I think that's the part that gets really, really. Uh, sticky uh, over time. So um, I would say, uh, you know, when you look at, um, when you look at, you know, the next several months, it's just really going to be more or less kind of a settling out, if you will, uh, and uh, kind of the economic backdrop finding its footing for the next, uh, for the next six months. The sentiment is going to try to ascertain, you know, what the inflation picture is going to, how it's going to impact, uh, you know, earnings and corporate decisions and, 
and, and frankly, consumer behavior, uh, really. And so I think you'll see, you know, news flow, news items take on greater prominence, uh, you know, and, and fundamentals still important, but maybe subjected a little bit more to some headline risk near term as this, you know, the, the market psyche uh, is still kind of a bit of upheaval ahead of this first rate hike. But I will go on record as saying that I do think that that does kind of calm down after we finally get that first rate hike. Uh, and, and if it happens to be a half percentage point, uh, then I think there's probably a very short term market upheaval, but then the market's going to react and realize, hey, the Fed is serious about this. Uh, and I think the, the comments from Fed Chairman Powell after that announcement are going to be really important to kind of set the tempo for what we should all be looking forward to over the subsequent three months, basically, you know, that uh, April, May, June, and perhaps even July, too. So. Um, we'll continue to monitor uh, the earnings reports, continue obviously monitor Russia and Ukraine, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, the inflation numbers, I think, you know, we're not going to hear that much on inflation again for about another month, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll uh, certainly be in tune with, with what the sentiment is, and we'll report back to you next week. Uh, a, a lot of data this week, particularly on the inflation front, hopefully this is helpful. Uh, you know, I would say if you have any questions, uh, please don't hesitate to ask. Uh, call me uh, or email me at eric at bkawealth.com. I'd be glad to uh, kind of walk through kind of what we're, we're seeing and what we're feeling. Uh, and uh, with that, we'll close for today. Hope you have a wonderful week, a safe week, uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye.